Okay, I'm going to read this athletic ad here. Uh, It's much shorter this week for some reason. I don't know why exactly. Sports are back. Save 40%. Feel free to talk about your favorite moments of sports coming back. Okay, that's it. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up now to see yourself See for yourself. To see yourself, that's what I'm saying. Sign up right now to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash podcast, you can receive 40% off an annual subscription or a deal. Save 40%. Sports are back. Save 40%. Wow. Sports are back, and you don't want to miss a single breaking story of your favorite teams. Go to theathletic.com slash podcast for 40% off an annual subscription. Hope to see you there. I am Joe Posnanski and uh, couldn't be more excited about today's show because uh, a couple of old friends are coming by. Uh, I used to be on their show. Like they used to let me be on their show, uh, which was a huge mistake uh, on their part. And now they are absolutely compounding the mistake by coming on this show. Uh, my dear friends, Alexa Dat and Danny Wexelman. Alexa, Dat, oh, God, so great to hear and see you guys. How are you? Hi, Joe. Thanks for having us. What's up, man? Oh, my gosh. Look at you guys. You guys are so great. You know, I used to, uh, we used to do that that fun Twitter thing uh, back at uh, when we were all at MLB. And uh, and I was, I felt like the dad. I was the dad of the show. I was like the, I was like the, I was the grunkle stan of the show. And, uh, and uh, but it was so great. And now you guys are on here. It's so great to see you. How are you? How are you doing? Alexa, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Joe. Well, we used to have you on The Dugout, which was our Twitter show. And then right. we used to have you on 1225 Live. That's right. Which is the show that Danny and I co-hosted, which started our careers working together. <laughs> and Marissa as well. So that's kind of where this all came from, from the start. And we missed that show. But the fact that we have our podcast at least gives us some time to be able to hang out. So I've been good. I've been doing my podcast. Um, Danny hopped on at the beginning of the shutdown. So it is now the Death What She Said with Danny podcast, and we interview baseball players every week. We ask them wild stories on and off the field. They share their most embarrassing moment at the end. We get a lot of inappropriate stories, so we're <laughs> shocked that guys open up to us, but they do. They feel comfortable. Um, yeah, so a lot of that, and then a lot of downtime. Puzzles, some baking. You're back at network. Show. You're back on television. Well, I'm back on television now, yes. The The... The shutdown has ended for me. So back on the rundown, doing that three or four times a week. And yeah, there too, we get to interview baseball players and talk about what's going on this season. It's so great. great. It's so great. Danny, Danny, how are you doing? How are you? Danny, Danny, I I should say, Danny and I have a long standing rivalry over uh, pizza, which actually began on the dugout. Uh, when Danny alerted to me that she is one of three people on earth who likes St. Louis pizza. And, uh, and, and I, I, I would say I lightly chided her for her love of St. Louis pizza, at which point she then started sending me coupons 
uh, for St. Louis pizza, <laughs> which is a cruel, cruel response. Uh, but I love Danny. I love you anyway. You know that. How are you, Danny? How are you holding up? You are basically Uncle Joe. I, I equate you to Uncle Joe because every once in a while you'll tweet something out like really random and somehow Joe Posnanski like replies and you're like, how did Joe even find this tweet? How does he know what I'm talking about? Um, I'm also good. I'm day by day. Um, I was super stoked when Lex asked me to join the podcast because we got to start at 1225 together and um you know it's just really cool to work with your best friend right that's super cool to get so to do awesome um and then yeah it's been a little crazy on my end um getting ready maybe for some rugby and lacrosse next season covering all the amateur kids right now the high school kids who are going to get drafted next year um, and, and really just peed my pants when I found out you wanted us to be on your podcast. So. <laughs> you, 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 let's face it. It was the fact that I have a podcast, wasn't it? That, you that have was a podcast <laughs> and I wanted to be on it. But then also because I knew many people would hear me say Emo's Pizza, the square beyond compare, oh, flat crust oh. is the best hands down. I had it when I was home back in Missouri and I will continue to send you coupons no. and spam you for the rest <laughs> of my life. Uh, all right, you're you're off the show. All right, so um, all right, look, guys, we have to discuss this. It's very important because because you guys have this wonderful podcast where you've had some wonderful guests, but well, we have to discuss this. The, the show is called "That's What She Said" with Danny. Danny, Danny gets her own little thing. That's what she said, really, Alexa. I mean, I mean, so I, I actually was going to have us do like a whole bunch of Alexa Dat pun. Uh, name puns see if we could do that was is this revenge for people using your name as as a pun like for many years like where 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 why that's what she said where did that come from joe it's the greatest tv show <laughs> in american history it yeah. comes from nbc's the office right so michael scott's tagline is always that's, that's what, what she, she said. said correct so throw my last name in there and you got a perfect name for a podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's it it's all right, I'll give, I'll give it. And look, love the office. Love that's what she said. It's it's pretty punny though. I mean, you you read you definitely went pun pun heavy on this one. Well, I was, to be honest, I was also kind of shoving it to people who use Alexa devices. Oh yeah, and yeah. who are constantly saying to me, Alexa, put diapers on my grocery list. Alexa, play <laughs> you know Despacito on my TV. It, right. It's endless. Yeah. So I couldn't name it anything with my first name. So throw my last name in there and they don't get the uh, the pleasure of ruining it with their stupid device. You know, we have not discussed this uh, in our in our time as friends. Yeah, that came along. Alexa was a perfectly good name for the first however many years of your life. And then suddenly gone, just gone. I can't, like, if you came over my house and I said, hey, Alexa, do you want a drink? My Alexa would then say, I don't know what you mean. Or, <laughs> yes, I want a beer. I don't know what my Alexa would say. But, but yes, you, you have to feel a little, a little cheated here by, by this, uh, the domination of, uh, of the new uh, Amazon Alexa uh, revolution that we are in. It's not my favorite thing, no. I'll be honest. <laughs> and I have coworkers, especially higher ups, that have the devices in their home and they'll be talking to it late at night, like one, two in the morning. And I get a phone call because they're trying to tell their Alexa. So my boss is calling me at 2 a.m. Yeah. Talk about peeing your pants, Danny. Come on. I mean, that's the scariest thing that could possibly happen. That, that right there is like, okay, well, it's over. I might as well just pack my bags. There's, there's nothing. But it's really just that this device is, is out to get me. 
Wow. I will say though, when I first showed to MLB up to MLB Network, one of the girls who I work with said, "Oh, your name's Alexa. That's unfortunate." And I said, "Yeah." And I said, "Well, why do you say that with such a long face?" She goes, "Cause my name's Elsa." And anytime anyone hears that my name's Elsa, they want me to say, "Let it go." Oh, so sure. She felt my pain. I, I got might it. Argue, what about Karen? Could be worse. I might argue that Karen might be the worst. Karen, Karen, right That's now. That's a bad one, right now. Yeah, yep. Karen took a took a. But but the thing about the Karen thing is, like Alexa, like built up, right? I mean, it's like we knew about the the devices, and then they started becoming more ubiquitous, and then they started becoming more, and then suddenly everybody had one, and and suddenly, I mean, there have been numerous times, honestly, in our house that we have said the name Alexa, not wanting to speak to like we'll never say okay google by mistake right but right. alexa will be like oh yeah i gotta call alexa and then alexa's like what do you want and and it's incredibly annoying um but karen man that just came out of nowhere you were you were named karen like six months ago it's like it's fine and then suddenly you're named karen now and it's like oh that no you don't not great that's not great that's not great <laughs> At least the association with my name isn't negative. You're right, Danny. Karen is <laughs> yeah. way worse. Yeah. I got a Google Home just so, one, because I love you, Lex, and I didn't want to torture you like that. And right. it looks prettier in my apartment. I'm a Google Home girl. Yeah, that's so. well, I think you should be. I think just alone. I think they should change it. I think they should honestly, because I can't, I mean, there are, you know, I don't know how many million people are named Alexa in this country, but yeah, every one of them is 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 being they they should give you another option anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. maybe some... they should just change it with Karen because because Karen's <laughs> over anyway. So just call it Karen and and then people will stop naming their kids Karen and we're done. Do you think that people are naming their kids Karen on the expectation that by the time their kids grow up, the Karen thing will be over, or do you think there people are? thinking about naming their kids Karen and then they went no I'm changing that now that's it they're like in the hospital they've already had the decision made and then suddenly when they're asked like okay what's the the girl's name it's like it's uh Crystal like you know just like instantly <laughs> just the, whatever whatever comes to mind is better than than Karen at this point it's you can't great. do that to your kid you no. just can't that's you cannot right now I don't no. think you can right now all you right let's talk let's talk a little baseball why not you're here all right, so first of all, let's let's get the let's get sort of the negative stuff out of the way, and then we can talk about the fun baseball stuff. Yeah, because there's negative stuff to discuss. So where are you guys on this? You know, obviously we all know what's going on with with players testing positive, and and the league, you know, trying and struggling and fighting to try to figure out what to do. And and the games don't feel they feel it's different. I mean, we all know that the game is different, and there is a sense of oh, I don't know if I really want them playing so how are you guys dealing you're both enormous baseball fans obviously baseball is a part of your of your careers as well a big part of your careers as well so uh danny starting with you what where are you on the on baseball right now so i struggle a little bit because i think just a human factor you think that i think about their families and i think about their children and i think about their grandparents um, and what they're sacrificing to, you know, play this game. This is what they signed up to do. This is what they get paid to do. This is their job. They're not essential workers. Um, we know who the frontline heroes are. We know who essential workers are. Um, I don't think athletes are it. And I just wonder, for me sometimes, at what cost are we playing the game? How much is a life worth, right? Because you can die from this thing. Um, if, we, if we're really being serious and, and being kind of sad about it, I, I have enjoyed watching 
Sure. Um, even through the oddities, even through, um, I was talking to John Shambi today and, you know, just telling him, you know, I bet it's weird when you guys talk over each other. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's tough, <laughs> tough to handle, but we just deal with it. Um, so I like the oddities. I like hearing the expletives on the field. I like watching all the guys get a chance to get called up. Joe Adele, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But um, I think it's hard to to watch. And I feel like when the Cardinals had all of those cases, yeah. um, my heart just kind of sunk because I think mentally, I know what I'm going through in New York City. I know what all of us have gone through in our cities. And I know mentally, I, if I feel like I touched something or or I didn't wash something good enough, then you worry and your chest starts to hurt, right? And I could just imagine for the players who end up having a false positive or a real positive, what they go through, not just physically, but mentally. So I have struggled a little bit watching it, um, but I, I, I just want everyone to be safe. And if it means shutting down the season, then that's what it means um, as much as I love the game and I love the sport. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where we are. I mean, it's, it's tough because it, there, it is bringing a lot of enjoyment when you do get to actually watch the game. And yet there's this, always this underlying, eh, should they really be playing? I mean, it doesn't feel, where do you, what do you think, Alexa? Where, where, where are you? Cause you're obviously even more in the middle of this. Well, I think that you can be concerned for the player's health and how them contracting the virus can impact not only themselves, but their families. And also be excited that baseball is back. Those two are mutually exclusive. So while yes, the concern is a big deal, I think that baseball, not only from the owner side, but from the union as well, has done as good of a job as they possibly could with a virus to keep it under control, to have these teams who are not playing in a bubble, who are traveling around on buses, on planes, in cars, become as, you know, in close uh, in you know we can come together and and be able to make this happen and make this season be successful now baseball players are human they're gonna go do what humans do i know right. danny and i were talking about how difficult it was to be quarantined in new york in our 600 square foot apartments this is now what baseball players are doing in hotels across the country and i think that when we judge them for stepping outside of their quarantine we're looking at it through a very narrow lens. If we reflected back on how we would feel about it, I think they would get a little bit more leeway from us. And I understand they're playing a game and they're making a lot of money, but just because their bank accounts look different than our bank accounts doesn't mean that how they feel about this is any different than we feel about it, right? So I think the baseball is doing as good of a job as they possibly can to have players be safe. The outbreaks are going to happen. We knew that was gonna happen going into the season. And the extra precautions that they've put down recently in terms of making sure that there is a safety officer with every single team, making sure that players are aggressively quarantined in their hotel, so hotel to ballpark, ballpark to hotel, and so on and so forth, were steps that we knew that baseball was going to take if for some reason there was an outbreak. And that's exactly what happened. So I think that going forward that we'll see less of that and be able to focus more on baseball. Yeah. You know, I, I, I certainly hope so. I certainly hope yeah. so. It, the thing that, that has struck me, I mean, and, and this is hard to sort of judge because one of the things that, that baseball uh, and the people who run baseball always seem to do is they always seem to take more blame for everything than like, almost anybody else. I mean, it feels like, and, 
And, you know, it's just part of the game and, and part of the way that baseball fans are. But you get the sense from the way people talk about baseball, like, like this is baseball's fault. You know, like the, like this pandemic is baseball's fault. Like everything that's happening is baseball's fault. Like the fact that anybody catches this incredibly, uh, you know, this widespread disease and, and, and virus is, is anybody's fault. It's baseball's fault. And, 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 you know, I think that's, I think that's really sad, but I also think it's partly because I, I don't, I don't think baseball speaks well for itself when it comes to this kind of thing. I mean, it feels to me like, like the commissioner and other people who are speaking on behalf of baseball would do so much better uh, for themselves if they would say, you know, look, we, we know we're facing a very, very difficult challenge. All of us in this country are facing a very difficult time, a very difficult challenge. We believe that we have a plan to, to keep players as absolutely safe as we can. We believe that, that, there are millions of people across America who baseball is going to bring them joy and at a time where there's very little joy out there. Uh, and we believe it's worth it. And, and there are going to be pitfalls and there are going to be, uh, you know, positive cases. There just are. I mean, this is not anybody's fault. This is, this is where we are in, in the country and, and we're, we're doing the best we can. And we believe in the protocols that, that we've, done here and i think that's a so much stronger message than every single time this happens people start like going are they going to cancel the season is that it is season over are we done are we you know and and i do i do wish because i do think that you know the the protocols that have they've been put into place are you know very scientifically driven and 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 were very well thought out and and you hear people like like Dr. Fauci and others say that, that, you know, this is the best way to go forward for a sport like baseball. And I don't think that baseball steps up for itself as much as it should when it comes to that kind of thing. I disagree though, Joe. And I mean, full disclosure, obviously I work for MLB network, so this impacts me differently, but I think that the fact that baseball put out a hundred page plus health and safety protocol guideline basically laid out exactly how they felt about it, which is we want to make sure that the player's safety is paramount in this situation. And here are all the rules and steps that are thoroughly thought out before we decided to dive into this. I mean, it's all there in black and white. Maybe the media presence isn't as strong as you would like it to be in terms of the, the forefront and in terms of Manfred stepping out. But he did come on MLB Network and he said, as soon as the Miami Marlins had an outbreak, listen, it's not a nightmare situation. We are gonna do our best to keep this contained and we're gonna move forward. They shut down several teams who were impacted or at least in close quarters with the Marlins. And now we're getting all of those teams back in action. And we're gonna keep moving with the season. These are the kind of things that we knew were going to happen. And these are the kinds of you know changes that 2020 is going to bring. We know the season as a whole is just going to be lifted out of the history books. Everyone's going to remember this season, uh, you know, thoroughly. So I, 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 to be honest, we're playing in a global pandemic. I think this is the best that baseball can do. Yeah. Yeah. So, My, Danny, your thought? Yeah. I, I feel like athletes, baseball first, because they were, I feel like at the forefront of trying to come back, 
we're vilified. And so you talk about like the human side of it and being maybe more transparent and honest. I feel like athletes, I feel like front offices, I feel like um, the league, whether or not they should have, could have done more, were just like vilified from the start. There wasn't, it was a lose-lose. There wasn't even a chance to, for anyone to be happy about what was going on. And I know because I'm on Twitter a lot, I'll, I'm just seeing all of us talk, right? I, I'm not hearing what like a fan is saying. It's just the media talking <laughs> about what's going on. And we do a good job of complaining, let me tell you. Yes. Um, but I feel like, you know, you heard Yadi Molina say, I did everything right. I took every protocol and he still got it. And I know that that is the case in all the, the bubbles that are going on too. You hear of a guy who gets it and your first instinct is to say, where did he go? What did he do? What, what was he not doing right? And so while there may be things that could have been even better from the start, I feel like as just a human being and as a person, like you guys said, um, recognizing that these are people, yeah, they're athletes, they do superhuman things, and we pay a lot of money to watch them do that, and we drool watching them do it. Like, they're people, and they go home, and they've got the same issues that we have, and they they might be um, anxious or depressed or whatever it may be, and we forget that really quickly, and I wish maybe if we just humanized people a little more and, and didn't point our fingers so quickly to vilify, um, because I know I'm doing everything in my power not to, to get it, but I still may get it. Um, it doesn't matter. I, I lived in New York, and I, I freaking sat my butt in my apartment and didn't move for three months for, for the rest of the country, right? I did that for everyone else. I did that for your mom and my mom and everybody, so I just wish that um, you know, people were just a little more human about what they're trying to do and accomplish. Well, I think it's, it's very hard. I mean, yeah. it's very, very hard. And I, and I, you know, I, and, and I, I totally get your, both of your points on, on this. I mean, it's, I think that's part of me for me, it's, it's a lot about the messaging and, and, you know, and you're right. We also live in a time where Twitter, roles right i mean it's like there's never there's never a moment when twitter stops going and and so you know you find out that that two cardinals have it and twitter goes crazy and then and then where's the reaction and then they go crazy about that and then how are you going to handle it and then they go crazy about that and and that's just sort of where we are i mean that's not really going to change um but i do think that that one thing that does get lost is the same thing both of you are saying and that is how hard this is and i it's you can do everything right and still get this. I mean, I, I think that's, you don't get millions of cases if, if you know, they're, they're not millions of people out there. You know, I know we, we all see them on the yachts, you know, drinking and whatever. And then you think that's not how millions and millions of people have gotten this. So, uh, so yeah, you know, look, I, I think that's enough of that. And I think we can start talking about what, what's going on. That's, that's happy. So for each of you, we'll start with you, Danny. Uh, what's been the happiest thing you've seen in baseball so far this year? Oh my gosh. Uh, what a large question to ask. Yes. Well, you can, you can do more than one. You don't have to listen. All my questions are open-ended. You know that I, I don't care. Just talk about whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Well, I think first of all, um, getting to hear F-bombs um, on the field on television is awesome. And super, <laughs> you want to talk about humanizing the game. Like these guys, I love it. Like be yourself, whatever that may be. I love that. I love watching the call-ups. I love the guys, I said Joe Dell earlier, um, who are getting their chance in a really odd situation and they're going to make the most of it. But just to know that they get the chance to do it and, and watching them get called up, watching their first hit get thrown in, like all the, the usual fanfare that you get. I'm a huge fan of that. 
Um, I've just been happy watching these guys take the field and, and they just, I don't know, the game seems lighter. I, I know that the circumstances are what they are. It just seems a little lighter, a little, um, I just feel like I know the guys, I know the people who are playing the game, like they're letting us in a little bit more. And as a fan, not as much anymore, but just a person who likes stories and wants to know what's going on. Pete Alonzo miking up, right? Um, and, and getting to hear his conversations with Freddie Freeman. Who doesn't want to hear that? Like, give me that all day long. I'm here for that. Um, so I've enjoyed the, just like the newness and, and kind of just the oddities, mostly. There've been a lot of oddities. I mean, there are a lot of newness and a lot of oddities, but it's, but it's interesting because I think there's a point that you're making that's 100% right. And, you know, it's very easy to look at how strange these games are, uh, you know, the, the weird pumped in crowd noise and the, and the, and the cutoff, you know, cut the, the cardboard cutouts that we'll talk about in a minute uh, and, and all the other things. But there is something, Alexa, a little bit more personal about the game when it's, it's almost like you're watching them like, like they're, they're playing and like you, it's almost like you're watching them through like a little knot hole in the back uh, of the fence. Right. It's like, there's, there's no crowd uh they're they're you know they there's no noise the only noise is really their own sound and then whatever they're pumping in there really does feel like something oddly personal about the game right now a hundred percent and i feel like i was equating it the other day to when a player is rehabbing they're often very closed off and you don't get to see a lot of that you know a pitcher's pitching in a simulated game they do it on a backfield they do it you know inside undercover we're watching everybody's simulated games right now, it feels like. So that to me is the best part, being able to, yeah, peer into how these guys are handling this situation and watching it all unfold. There are a couple of things that stand out to me. Joe, I'm a huge fan of the new rules. I want to get your opinion on what you think, but right. the extra runner on second base in extra innings is one of my favorite things. I think it shortens extra innings, which is perfect because I don't want to see position players pitching. I just have no interest in it. Oh. I think the fact that you have walk-offs and, you know, bunt situations that are fun or not bunting situations that are fun. And you can ask Dusty Baker about it afterwards. Um, I love the DH in the NL. Bartolo Colon hit a home run for me. That's it. I don't need to see pitchers ever hitting again. I got my golden moment watching DHs. I mean, to me, these the you know the three batter minimum rule. I'm loving that. I get it. Lefty specialists are a little left behind, but for me, at least in this smaller scope of this season, you know, a 60 game sprint, however many each team ends up playing, um, I, I'm loving the new rules. I think they're super fun. And then watching some of these guys. I mean, first of all, the ageless wonder of Nelson Cruz. Come on, the guy's 40 years old and he leads baseball in RBIs. He he, he doesn't slow down. The guy just keeps getting better. That's super fun. So watching the veterans, you know, guys like um, you know, uh, Yadier Molina and those guys just absolutely crush it. But then these younger kids. I mean, the Chicago White Sox, Joe, we've been talking about them forever. Yep. For the past five years, watching them go through drafts, watching them go through pitchers, watching them go through trades. Now, finally, we get to see the Eloy Jimenez and Yoan Moncada and, you know, all these guys in the lineup. Now, Dallas Keuchel's part of that rotation. I'm excited about the Chicago White Sox, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm excited about the San Diego Padres. These younger teams that we've been promised are going to be so good for so long are now here, and I'm all for it. 
You know, I know Danny had to disagree with almost every single thing you said because I I could almost see her like it was bad enough when when you said the extra inning rule uh, uh, and and not wanting to see uh, position players pitch, but when you said DH in the NL, I thought her head was going to explode. All right, Danny, you're not as big a fan of the rules. I'll, I'll give you my rule of thoughts in a minute, but Danny, how do you feel about all the new rules in baseball? So I agree with a few, but. I want to see a position player pitch. I like the oddity of that. I like that they want to save an arm and it's a, it's a bit of a chess game. Um, so to speak that you can navigate with that. It kind of shows the managers thinking and, and you know what they're trying to do. I, I like that there is a, an element of, you know, are they going to lay down a bunt? I like bunting. I am for small ball, like all day long. People hate me, whatever. I'm into it. I want to see him moved over. That's strategic. That's just smart. Move the guy over. with a better chance of coming home. Like that for you are, me. You are simple. such a St. Louis person. You are, oh it's, my God, you are, dude. You are St. Like, Louis so through and through. I want to see Madison Baumgartner pick up a bat. I want to see, I want to see that happen. Do I though? enjoy watching someone slip into that dh spot and mash yeah i do enjoy it i haven't thought to myself oh i wish i could see adam wainwright hit the ball today <laughs> i haven't thought that of course but but having you know i'll adjust right this is how it is you make these new rules and people are going to lose their minds and then in a few years people won't even remember that that wasn't the rule they're going to be like wait when wasn't there a runner on second right. and extras right. so for me well while i am traditional I can bend a little bit but I want to see if I want to see a pitcher I want to see a player pitch who is not a pitcher I like it I'm into it I don't care about a runner on second I don't care about extras like let that is baseball that is freedom let it go um we people complained right about extra inning baseball and then a pandemic came and they promised they wouldn't complain about (laughs) baseball anymore well I want to put it to the test um but yeah I I shake my head and I wag my finger at a couple but um, honestly, Joe, baseball is baseball, so I, I am not here to complain. I'm just here to watch. Sure, Joe, sure. Danny's it's... the kind of person that likes to see Scott Kingery on the mound <laughs> give up an absolute bomb to Jerry Blevins. You know what I mean? Like, Danny is rooting for that. She wants to see a pitcher in the box, and she wants to see a position player on the mound, and she wants to see it unfold, and this is what happens. Sign me up, front row, popcorn, ice cream, hot dogs. I want it all. I would pay money to watch that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let me let me let me give you sort of my thought because because it, it's a little bit different. I here's what I think about with new rules in general. I remember when they first started talking about putting in a pitching clock in the minor leagues. This is probably three or four years ago, I guess. And we might have even talked about this on our on our, on uh, your show. Um, I did not like the concept because my thought was baseball. That's that's what baseball always talks about. It's a game without clocks. That's like the whole point. That's like the whole thing, right? So I'm like, hate it. I wrote a whole piece. Don't bring clocks to baseball. You know, figure out other ways to speed up the game. I'm all for speeding up the game, but I'm like, no clock, no clock, no clock. And then I went to a minor league game in Toledo uh, this that year. I, I don't know why. And I was in Toledo, and it was the first time I saw a game with a clock. And within... Honestly, with, by the end of the first inning, I totally loved the clock. Literally by the end of the first inning. Because I saw it in action. And in action, you realize, because in your mind, when you think of oh, the clock, it's going to be like fans counting down and, and pitchers having to rush. But all it really did, in the minor leagues at least, was speed up the game. 
It, it, like no, they never at any point nobody ever got to zero on the clock. Like like everybody had gotten used to it. Okay, I got to get my pitch off. It's sort of like tennis, where where they have a a, a, a clock on your serve. Uh, you you got to get it off by by the time that the clock's at zero, and it just made the game better. And I thought I was just totally wrong about that. I was totally wrong because I imagined the rule one way, and but the reality is very different. I kind of feel the same way about this stuff. Like I, my thought all along had been, you know what? I like the National League being its own league and the American League being its own league, and and pitchers hitting in 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 one league and hitters uh, DHs in the other. I like it, but I only liked it because I couldn't imagine it another way because it's been that way basically my whole life. So now. I'm like, it's like the end of the first inning. I'm already like, yeah, there should be totally DHs in both leagues. That's, 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 I can't believe we didn't do that before. That's so stupid. And and Alexa's oh. 100% right. Literally the minute that Bartolo Colon touched home plate, they should have said, okay, DH, that's it. Now, okay. that is, that's the last pitcher to ever hit in the major leagues will be Bartolo Colon, who just hit the home run. That's it. It's over now. We're not discussing this anymore. Um and I kind of feel the same way about the the second uh, the rule on second base. I my thought going in again was like ah, it's it it you know it hurts the purity of the game and 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 you know who, who doesn't like you know these games sometimes go 16 17 innings and not only do you have position players uh, pitching but you have like you know teams are completely wrecked and like everybody's on the and there's there's something sort of fun about watching it but now you see it and you're like it ain't that fun to really watch that kind of thing because nobody's in the stands by the time it gets to the 18th inning. It's like you see them and it's like there's nine people in the stands. It's really fun for them. It's funny on on like Twitter when they show the highlights for like one minute and then it's over. You know, it's like it's like that is not something I think that makes the game uh, so great and not really something I miss. I don't miss that. I don't miss – it's sort of like there's no other sport where you're sort of like – Man, what I would really love in the NFL is if uh, enough quarterbacks got hurt that the defensive tackle played quarterback for a play. Like, I don't want to see that. Not interested in that. So I don't really need to see a shortstop throw pitching on the mound. So uh, so I got to say the rules for me have been, like, not only have they been pretty good, they've just been, like, like, oh, okay, that's baseball now. I, I haven't even really thought about them that much. I mean, I, I haven't even I haven't gotten outraged about them or or gotten like, oh, these are great. It's almost like, okay, well, that's baseball. It's, I I think we'll all adjust really quickly. And I, I hope baseball does take a little lesson from that, which is, you know, if there are ways to speed up the game, if there are ways to make the game a little more uh, exciting, if there are ways to bring younger fans in, just do it. You know what? I know we'll all all of us old timers will complain about it, whatever. But then the game will start. We'll be like, oh, okay, all right, this is this is baseball now. All right, I'm I'm okay with that. Let's let's just do that. So, so I gotta say, kind of a, I'm kind of a thumbs up for it. Plus, I also think this year is so weird anyway that this is sort of the perfect year to just. Try. They should have tried other things. Like just try throw everything. Like every idea you ever had, throw it out there now because we all know this is a year that's going to be pulled out of history. We all know that, you know, whether these numbers, I like how much these numbers count or don't count, whatever, doesn't matter. We're always going to look back at 2020 as being this singular season in baseball. So 
Have fun it was like, with it. get on my lawn. Everybody come on my lawn. <laughs> Every, everybody, exactly. Come on the lawn. That's where I am now. I'm just like, bring the, bring the kitties. Come on out in the lawn and just, uh, well, well, I got the sprinkler going. Let's all jump through it. I mean, let's let's have some fun. Because I, I, I really do believe that's where where the game is. And and I think that, that they should try to, to try to learn from that. I really do. I really do think the game should realize, because I think a lot of, of change is so scary, particularly in baseball, which so relies on tradition and history and all those other things. It's so scary that everybody's paralyzed a little bit, trying to, ah, can we, can we move the batter's box one inch? You know, it's, it's so nerve wracking because, because you'll get all of these people screaming and yelling at you about the game and uh, you're ruining the history of the game and uh, Mickey Mantle and this. And, and here, I, I think what they found is, and they should find is, we will all adjust to, to whatever uh, whatever the game is. And that doesn't mean people aren't going to complain about the DH and the National League. I know that's that complaint is going to go on for years, but so what? You know, I mean, what, what difference does it make? I agree. I would like to defend myself and say that I don't want the game to be, like, longer in a, a regular nine-inning game. I am not for that. Right. But if it's going to go extras, now you're talking about adding weird rules. What if – in the 11th, you add a runner on second and third. How do you like that? You know, no. Bill James threw out the, he thinks that they should start every, the, the, whichever inning you started. Cause I mean, you can move that back. I, I'm, I actually like it in the 10th. Cause it's sort of like, as soon as the game ends, you're like, Oh, something cool is about to happen. Right. Yeah. I mean, like as soon as nine innings is over, but if you move it to the 11th, whatever, I mean, some people want that. I don't know. Um, but his idea is just bases loaded that you, you start mm. the inning with the bases loaded. Uh, which, uh, which would, you know, and, and then you pretty much know the it's going to go one more inning. I mean, it's possible they would both score the exact same number of runs um, with the bases loaded, but probably not. And and that's kind of a fun thing. Although it does remind me of uh, like in hockey when they first started talking about the shootout as a way to end uh, the uh, you know games. I remember there was a quote from a goalie. Uh, saying something to the effect of, do they just want us all to be sent to the loony bin, basically? Like, like that's like that's our nightmare is having to deal with shootouts. Um, so I do wonder, like, who, which pitcher you would want to put in there with the bases loaded in the extra innings. That would that would be like a whole other position, which would be kind of fun. Um, but my thing with bases loaded is that you're not looking for more runs to be scored in extra innings. You're looking for the game to end earlier. So right. if the game after nine is a 5-4 game, you're not looking for it to end 10-6. You right. know what I mean? Like that's, no, that's right. That's but not what we're the, looking I, for, to skew the offense, you know, in extra innings. No, that's right. Well, I, I think his idea, and I'm not sure I agree with his idea, but I, but I think it's just interesting. His idea is... And, and I don't know how this would play out over long term, but if you put a guy in second, there's a pretty good chance both teams are going to score one run. And then you, the game keeps going, right? And you, it, it's like if you, if you throw out there the bases loaded, there's a pretty, it's likely the game will only go one more inning. And, you know, how you score it, you know, maybe, maybe that's where you do go to, the, to, to some sort of, you know, rule where – because I don't know what you're supposed to do with those stats anyway. But, right. but you know, then you go to a rule where whoever wins, wins by one run. It doesn't really matter, right? I mean, it's like, it's, it's, I, I don't know how you would handle it. Uh, 
it seems to be working okay now. And I like the quirky things. I love, like, Jason Stark's going out of his mind, right? Like, because, like, every, like, like, here's the first pitcher who lost the game without throwing a pitch, you know, or something. <laughs> you know, it's like every every day we have some new crazy thing about, like, hi, I, somebody actually won a game without getting a hit. Or, like, you know, it's, it's you could throw a perfect game and still lose. I, I don't know how all of that works. But, um what we should also last thing note is that baseball took a page from softball with that rule. That's true. As baseball should take lots of rules from softball. A long time softball rule. I did yeah. that. Lex did that. Long time. Love softball. All kinds of softball. I think it should be you know fast pitch. Bring oh fast pitch slow pitch. There should be like totally. There should be beer at every base. Like I'm I'm all for all sorts of baseball rules. Like let's let's pick up softball. All right. You guys don't know this because you've never listened to the show because you should never listen to the show. But uh, usually when I do the show, I do this with with uh, my dear friend Michael Shore and Mike uh, and I draft stupid things. And what I have been doing uh, is is saving like I only draft with Mike now. Like I've like I've I used to bring other people in for the draft, but now. Uh, I, I try to do other things with, with different guests and Mike and I still do the draft, but because you guys are, 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 are dear, dear friends, I wanted to bring you in with the draft. So I've, I've got a draft for us, uh, three round draft, which, uh, which you guys will start. What we are drafting is, uh, cardboard cutouts. <laughs> we want like in our, in our dream stadium i don't know where we want these cardboard cutouts but as we all know they're they're, they're, these cardboard cutouts are all over baseball uh, in in there to make it look like there are fans or something and uh and some of them are great and some of them are really bad like the mariners had uh bartman steve bartman cut out which was a terrible leave that guy alone would you leave steve bartman alone that guy is nobody has ever done less to deserve like the <laughs> nonsense that he has to deal with. And like he went through all that and then he just disappeared. Like he wouldn't even do interviews. He did nothing. He got all these opportunities and he's like, just leave me alone. Let me, I just, a, was just a Cubs fan watching a game. Leave me alone. And then they put him in the, and the Mariners, like what does he have to do with the Mariners? Nothing. Get him out of there. I was trying to figure that out. I was like, is there something I don't know? <laughs> like, is he from Seattle? Did he, did, and then somebody, somebody, I, I, I ripped it on Twitter. I just, I didn't rip it. I just said, please take this down. Like, leave, leave him alone. And somebody said, well, maybe they called him. Yeah. They called Steve Bartman and asked if they could put him in the Mariners outfield. Yeah. Right. So, um, so anyway, we are going to put who we want in our, our, uh, cut out, uh, stadium. Uh, and Danny, you actually have the first pick. So I thought this is going to be a draft where you provide <laughs> options for me, but luckily Joe, I think on my feet here, um, oh, I'm, yes. I'm going to go with Barack Obama. Ooh, you want the Barack Obama cut out, right? Where do you want it? Right behind home plate? Um, well, since I'm probably pitching cause I'm so good at sure. baseball, Yeah. I want sure. it right just to the right, like right center, right of center. So I can see him. I don't want him right. The umpire will be blocking if he's right dead center. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Well, what, and what do you want him doing in <laughs> the cutout? Like, what do you want his facial expression to be? Do you want him in action? Like, what laughing. do you want him doing? Laughing. 
Yeah. You want a laughing Barack Obama. That is yeah. your pick. You're first with the first pick <laughs> in this draft. You're choosing a laughing Barack Obama. Is that is that what I'm getting? Yeah. I love it. That I might is such a great this pick. Later, but I'm going with it. <laughs> <laughs> with the laughing Barack Obama. It's a great pick. It's a great pick. It's it's really the only pick. I, I don't really even know where else you could have gone with it. All right. All right, Alexa. You have – oh, by the way, laughing Barack Obama is gone, Alexa, if, if, okay. if that was what you wanted. So you have uh, the first pick. Before I ask you the first pick, though, uh, I'm going to – I want one very spe special thing uh, because you and I have already, uh, already sort of gone a little bit on around on this. Where are you with Washington football team? Where, where do you stand on Washington football team? I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I want all the merchandise. <laughs> I think it makes sense because they were such a storied franchise for them to take a year off from having a mascot altogether. Yep. To pay homage to the team. And the fact that they didn't rush into naming a mascot, I think, was a smart decision. Take a year, be the Washington football team, and then come back next year I love the Red Tails. I'm a big fan of the Red Wolves. Um, what did you think of this Sentinels thing that seemed to be going eh, around? I don't love it. <laughs> I don't love it, to be honest. I should say Alexis is an enormous Die Washington hard. sports fan. Die hard Washington. All Washington sports. All like, Washington. True, which is good. I don't like when people are like, well, I like the Capitals, and uh, and I like the Orioles, and I like the uh, Lakers. Like, I don't like <laughs> – like, like, I, I, want, I want it all one – Thing. So you're a big fan, but you are, you're, you're good. What would you feel if they said next year, like this Washington football thing worked great. We're going to stick with it. That's going to be our new thing. How would you feel about that? I mean, I wouldn't love it, but to okay. me, to be honest, the fact that they got rid of the Ugh. team name that existed before yes. was my biggest gripe. And you that's what I was that. hanging my hat on. And as yeah. long as that is gone, they can say whatever they want <laughs> in terms of that team name. I kind of think the merch looks pretty cool. It I does gotta look say, cool. It's like kind of classy. It's like a very classy uh, type of merch thing. And Although I will say, if I'm nitpicking, the number on the helmet is not my favorite. I would have loved a cool W logo. Yeah. They're putting numbers on the players' helmets. I don't know. That's kind of old school, though. You don't you don't dig a little bit of old school like it it's kind of looks too like much right of out of Forrest for, Gump. I think this generation to even understand that it's a throwback. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a whole new thing. It might start a whole new thing. All right. Uh, in case you forgot, uh, Danny took laughing Barack Obama with the first pick <laughs> in, in the draft. So um, so you have – it's time for your first pick. So you are picking – and, of course, as we always do on these, uh, on these, on these drafts, there, is, there are no rules and no particular reason for doing this. And also, like, if you want to completely change whatever it is – Feel free. There's there's literally nothing like tying you down to any aspect of this. But we are claiming that we are choosing uh, the cutout we want in our own stadium. So, Alexa, with the first pick, what do you got? Okay. I have three ideas. Some of them might be drafted as we go through the round. So I'll, I'll have to come up with a few more. But only my first pick has anything to do with baseball. And it was my favorite moment so far in the season because I related to it so hardcore. It was so immature, it was so hilarious, and it was a face that I have not only given, but I have received. Joe Kelly's pouty face yes. is my first cardboard cutout, <laughs> and it is going to sit above the visiting dugout 
of whatever team I'm playing. So when they are socially distanced in the stands, they have to sit next to Joe Kelly's pouting face. I love it. I love it. Joe Kelly's pouting face, by the way, was so wonderfully delightful. I, I, I just, it made me so mad that like somehow that got tied in to like the suspensions and the this and that like look I shouldn't you shouldn't throw behind anybody's head I don't care I mean I, you know I, for sure however you feel about it you shouldn't throw pouty face absolutely <laughs> I think every Astro who strikes out should get a pouty face I'm all for that like what's wrong yeah. with that yeah people complaining about the pouty face I loved it great choice that is an excellent choice. It's not Barack Obama laughing, but it's still an excellent choice. It's actually the exact opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite of Barack Obama laughing. All right, with my first pick, I am, of course, I can't believe neither one of you took this. Um, I am taking Mike Trout's baby cutout. So there's just going to be a little, little, little Mike Trout baby cutout. I just, I just, it brings me so much joy and brought me so much joy when he like then came out and like hit a home run. Like that's, that's so, Mike Trout is so delightful in, in just every possible way. And, and, you know, he steps away and then he has this beautiful baby and he puts the baby out on Twitter and then he's like, all right, now I'm back at baseball and now I'm again the best player ever. And, and, uh, and, you know, and, and we don't know, like, you know, hopefully Mike Trout's going to be great forever. Uh, but we don't know. I mean, this is just a baby. So when the baby's five, six, seven years old, Mike's going to be in his mid thirties, mid to late thirties when his kid is 10, 11, 12. So his, his child will not really, hopefully he will, but he might not get to see the Mike Trout that we all see, right? The best player in baseball, Mike Trout. So I want baby cut out Mike Trout <laughs> to be out there watching the game and, and, and seeing seeing his dad at work. So that is my first pick is the Mike Trout baby. The fact that his initials spell out bat, I think was, I mean, icing, uh, you know, the cherry on top. Pretty, oh, yeah. pretty incredible. Oh yeah. I heard how how long do you think they worked on that, by the way? Forever. I heard it wasn't on purpose, <laughs> but I feel like it has to be. Yeah, for sure. It's gotta be on purpose. Don't you think? <laughs> yes. They and, they're, like, and, they're, and they're just sitting around like Bertram. Do you think Bertram would work? <laughs> what do you think? Like, like, uh, I mean, it's, it's, Oh, Mike Trout. Oh, it just makes me just so happy. All right, Danny. Uh, you've already got uh, you already got Barack Obama. So, uh, so who are you going with with your second pick? Uh, cutouts in, in your ballpark. Okay. So now that I know how the game is played, um, I thought <laughs> of my favorite baseball gif ever on earth. And um, I don't know this person, and I don't even know where she is or what her name is. But um, there's a gif of a little girl with a, a blue cotton candy. She's in a, a yellow rain jacket and her face is exploding with happiness. And yes. I would like that girl watching me play because <laughs> she makes me so happy. And anytime I want to share happy news, that is my go-to girl, whoever you are, um, you are my second draft uh, smiling cotton candy girl. That is, I love that pick. You've redeemed yourself for the yes! Barack Obama pick. You've <laughs> redeemed yourself. Not that the Barack Obama pick was bad, but it was just a little oh. like, uh, I'm thinking presidents and whatever. I was confused. But, no, no, you are never confused. You're always ahead of us. Come on. Um, I love that. Not only do I think she should be the cutout, I think she should be the MLB logo. Honestly, don't you think? Like, yes. like the MLB logo now is like, whatever. It's in a killabrew doing whatever. No, it should be that girl's so happy, smiley, blue face. Uh, is it's That's what baseball should be. Baseball should be 
like it should it should blow minds of little kids like that. Like that's what it should be. So I love that pick. Yes. Super pick. Super yes. pick. All right. Alexa, you got a tough one to top there. All right. For my second pick, by the way, Danny, I would picture you as a little girl as that girl. I think that that's exactly <laughs> who you were when you were younger. People it are like, what was Danny like Danny. when she was younger? I just send them that gift. Uh, <laughs> Even though we didn't know each other, I'm like, I'm sure that's 100% accurate. <laughs> for my second pick, I'm going to pay homage to our podcast. That's what she said with Danny which is paying homage to The Office, which is my favorite show of all time. And anyone who tries to argue with me, I will shut them down so fast. And in fact, I'm not even friends with anyone who hasn't seen The Office, I refuse. Sure. Um, I feel like you're missing a huge part of pop culture and it, it doesn't serve you well. Right. So for my second choice, I'm gonna pick Dwight Schrute in overalls, rocking some beats, and he's going to be chilling out in the outfield. I don't think he's ever been to a baseball game. I don't even understand. think he understands how the sport works. Right. But I'm going to show him his first baseball game while he comes and watches me play. I like it. Dwight Schrute in overalls. So is Mike in the scene? Is, do, 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 are you putting... Uh, are it's you, just going to be Dwight. Just Dwight. He's got Dwight. his beats. He's got wow. maybe some bears. Battlestar Galactica. Yep. It's all there. It's... it's uh... All right, but no Moe's. You're not gonna. You're not gonna put Mike in there. You're not gonna put Moe's in there. I mean, Mike will never listen to this, so you don't have to worry about it. But I'm sure he'd be hurt knowing that that there's no room in there for just Moe's. Kind of just peeking out of like. Okay, the he can or he something. can be behind him peeking out. That's fine. <laughs> totally, totally welcome. Yeah, you gotta believe Dwight never caught a baseball game. I gotta think, right? You think Dwight's ever caught a baseball game? No, no, never no, in his life. No. no. He grew all right. up raising all of his younger children. There was no time to step away for fun. It was only on in the background. He never watched. He, he didn't have electricity growing up. Oh. His, his bed and breakfast? Radio? No. Maybe the radio. He listened to games on the radio. I don't think he listened to games on the radio. All right. I, I like, uh, you know what? This is this is now, I will ask Mike next time uh, we, we do the podcast together. Uh, I will ask him that very specific question if he thinks that Dwight Schrute ever caught a baseball game when he was growing <laughs> up. I think it's pretty clear he didn't, but that's uh, that's good. All right. Excellent choice uh, with your second pick. Um, with my second pick, I, I you know, I've, I've sort of go back and forth uh, between, uh, you know, going completely off the off the board or, or, you know, just something that would actually make me feel comfortable. So I. I'm going to go with something to make me feel comfortable. With my second pick, what I want is a cutout of Vince Scully, but not just Vince Scully, like Vince Scully with his desk and a microphone just there. So I can imagine that, that you know, Vin is, is calling the game. You know, Vin had uh, a fall a, a few weeks ago. He's uh, recovering, but still, you know, it's, it's, it, he's 91, I think now, 90. He's in his 90s. And, and falls are, are very serious things. Uh, but I've, I've had the opportunity the last couple of weeks uh, while I've been working on some, some different stories to listen to some old Vin. And, uh, oh, you know, the, the, game, the game just isn't the same without him. It can't be. It just can't be. And there are wonderful, wonderful announcers going, but there's never going to be another Vin Scully. So, so I would want Vin there in spirit. Uh, in, in full action, a, a little bit of a younger Vin, uh, so that I could uh, so I could imagine him there. Right? We love Vin, right? So good. Love yes. Vin. 
Is Vin the only guy maybe in sports history who is truly 100% universally beloved? In like, I'd never, I never I never hear anybody say, like, well, I don't like Vin Scully. And if they do, ugh, I, that's even worse than, than Alexa's friends who don't watch The Office. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're out. They're, you, you, they're out. I think I, it's, hard to, it's hard to find somebody who, like Yogi, I guess, was universally beloved in, in his own way. Um, Vin, man, it's just so good. You're a Cardinals fan. Danny and you, yes. you love Vin. I love Vin. I went to I went to my first game at Dodger Stadium with my cousin a few years ago, and I we were leaving um, after the game ended, and I just so happened to be walking through the concourse, and he was walking out of the booth, and I <sighs> died. I I nipped my phone out. I halted the masses and took the worst photos ever taken on earth of Blurry Vin and his beautiful wife. And I died in that moment that I was so, I was breathing the same air as Vin. Yes. I died. Of course. Vin oh, is yes. the greatest. The greatest. I was trying to think of anyone who's in that category and it's a really tough thing to think about off the top of your head, but it, it, he really does stand alone. Yeah. I-, I mean, cause like, is there anybody like in other sports that are, that, that sort of are like that? I mean, it's, it's Muhammad- you know, last week, last week I had Kevin Harlan on, on the, the uh, podcast and Kevin is a, is, is a dear friend. And I, the response that I got from that podcast reminded me that people love Kevin Harlan, yeah. like, like, like really love him. And it's hard. You guys know, it's hard to be a beloved announcer, you know, especially mm-hmm. a national announcer, right? Where everybody thinks you're against them and whatever. Uh, but I was, I, I was surprised and happy to see how many people love Kevin Harlan and, and, uh, and so, you know, I think there are a few guys, but like most of the people, like in the broadcasting world, you would say, you know, they, people would be like, eh, you know, some would love him, but some wouldn't. I, I think players just generally, I think it's very difficult for people to love like universally love players because often those players are, you know, good enough to beat your team. Right. So it's yeah. very difficult to be that. So yeah, I think Vin is like, it's like he's in his own, like on his own cloud, you know, it's yeah. like a whole thing with Vin. So excellent. All right, Danny, time to wrap up our draft with your third pick. Okay. I am struggling a little bit with this choice. Um, but I think I'm, I'm going to go do what you did, Joe. I'm going to go comfortable. Um, I'm yes. going to say, I'm going to say Stan Musial. I would want Stan Musial oh, watching. Very nice. Yeah. There's a picture of him with my dad at spring training um, eons ago, and I have it, and it's my most valuable possession. So I think I would want Stan to watch me play. Yeah. I like that. No, no, that's, that's, that's the good part of St. Louis for you. The pizza's the bad part, but the, <laughs> but the Stan Musial love and Stan is pretty close to universally loved. The, the problem with Stan was that he was so, he was such a decent person and such a such a great player that it's like people almost began to take him for granted. And yeah. I mean, you know, like when when they had the when they had the uh, all time team in 1999, like he was not. It's almost like people like they just look past him almost. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's just Stan. Yeah, just stand. <laughs> <But> whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're like, oh, you got to go with, you know. And, and I mean, he's there with Ted Williams and, and, yes. and Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays. And, I mean, he's, you know, I, I did my 100 greatest baseball players, and, and he's in the top 10. He's one of the 10 greatest players of all time, in my view. So, uh, 
but what a gentleman. And yes. did you ever did you ever get to meet Stan? Did you ever get to meet Stan Musil? I sadly did not get to meet oh. him. I know, but this photo is like seriously my favorite thing I own on earth. So it's wonderful. I didn't so, I met his granddaughter. Does that count? It does. Well, I don't understand. It doesn't. Of course it doesn't. Like, I don't even know why you, you would ask that question. But, but see, like, like just being around St. Louis, there was always a chance like Stan would be eating in the same restaurant as you. And then he would yeah. come over and play the harmonica. Like if, like if it was for your birthday, he would like come over and play happy birthday on the harmonica and then like, take a dollar bill and fold it and make it into a ring or something. I mean, like he was that kind of guy. He was he was like half half, uh, you know, awesome legendary untouchable figure and half like like i don't know like the guy who shows up at your birthday and does magic tricks like he was he's like <laughs> this combination of of he was of, jack of buck things. he was what jack buck did in st louis yeah jack buck was just every man he was he right was people's man right right mm -hmm. yeah. yeah but he's like jack buck and ted williams rolled into one like <laughs> yeah. that's what's so cool about him all right i love that pick very very good pick uh alexa uh Time for your third pick. Okay, for my third pick, I feel like I needed to add somebody of goat status. Sure. Greatest of all time to No, I knew goat. <laughs> I know I know that you think that I'm completely out of touch as an old man, but Listen, I knew what you meant by goat. You haven't heard this it. argument on Twitter where people are saying goat is bad and then people are saying goat is good. I, see there you, I oh, am it, too old it's, to, it's to know that. It's raging. It's insane. People are like, yeah, the goat is G O A T. And people are like, no, goat means bat. Anyway, okay. I digress. <laughs> Greatest of all time. So um, since you have Mike Trout's baby, I thought picking Mike Trout would be boring, even though right. to me, he's one of the greatest of all time. Um, sure. So I'm going to step out of the sport and go to basketball. Okay. And one of the reasons I'm picking the goat in the NBA, Michael Jordan, is because he, his 10-part series literally saved me during quarantine. The Last Dance was the only thing that I watched that I universally felt, not only could I watch again and again and again, but that there were things that I missed. So watching it again would feel new and would feel like I had more content to be able to occupy my time with. So Michael Jordan, but not crying Jordan, not him playing, him, Anytime they handed him the laptop and Isaiah Thomas said something foolish or Jerry Krause said something foolish, that face of just like, what are you guys even talking about is yeah. the face that I want on my cardboard cutout. And I want it wherever you would put Michael Jordan in the ballpark, maybe right behind home plate so I could see that face. Anytime I step up to the plate, give him a little nod and be like, yo, that's my Jordan. Not the crying Jordan, but my Jordan who knows he's so good that it doesn't even matter that he's about to go smoke 10 cigars after this documentary, but he knows that he can say whatever he wants and everyone will believe him. That's my Jordan. All right. All right. Danny, how do you feel about the pick? Well, what about the Jordan who's smoking the cigar after the championship though? Uh, there's no smoking in a baseball stadium. Thank you. <laughs> there's, all right. I don't enjoy that's, that, but that's, yeah, <laughs> um, I yeah. like the pick. I'm into it. I don't know about the goat situation. I'm not up on that, which is surprising. Um, I don't know about that goat thing. I like the I like the Jordan pick. I feel like though, um, Lex, your sports reach is bigger than Jordan, and like you're also like super into pop culture. So I'm I maybe would challenge you 
Ooh. Redraft. Re, re, reach deeper. You wanted to reach just a little reach deeper. deeper. I just feel reach like you're deeper in. I think Jordan is like baseline and you're better than baseline. Ooh. But oh, Danny, okay. Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. And he was the epitome of pop culture. I'm not going to have Carol Baskin on my cardboard cutout, okay? <laughs> if you want to pick Joe Exotic, you pick Joe Exotic. I'm picking the greatest NBA player of all time. Thank you, Danny. I'm complimenting you, Lex. I'm telling you that your sports knowledge runs deeper than the baseline obvious pick. But I support and, and also respect <laughs> the obvious pick. Joe, you're taunting. I am not taunting. I am not. I'm actually, if if anything, I would be taunting uh, Alexa because uh, on this podcast, uh, it has been been discussed many, many times. And uh, on this podcast, LeBron James is the greatest of all time. So, so uh, not true. Although, although I will say, no, it is true. That's that is that is literally what we say on the podcast. No, that's what you say, um, but it's not accurate. <laughs> no, it is. It is. It is actually one hundred percent accurate. But. But here's the thing, I, and here's here's where I'm with you. So so I am I. We have said many many times on this podcast that LeBron James is the greatest player of all time. However, uh, as you guys might know, uh, I was uh, very involved in a uh, a special campaign over the last uh, month month and a half uh, about tipping your cap to the Negro Leagues, where we had many. Uh, well, we started off with four presidents tipping their caps, including. Uh, Danny's own Barack Obama, and um, <laughs> and uh, and one of the coolest things that we got. I mean, we got amazing, amazing uh, response and amazing people doing it. But one of the coolest things we got was this this uh, Michael Jordan uh, tipping his cap to the Negro Leagues, which was incredibly cool. And what he did, like a lot of people send videos, but what he did was he sent this photo of himself tipping his cap, and the photo is so good like it's so breathtakingly good like it says everything and i don't know how long he posed for it i mean like the lighting is perfect and like the framing is perfect it's just like so so that pushed him up like he's still on this podcast he is still not the greatest of all time because that's lebron james but it pushed him <laughs> up in the goat uh in the goat conversation because uh, that was such a very uh, nice and and uh, and cool thing that he did. Sending. That I mean, the fact away. that so, he's also speaking out against social injustice. The fact that yes. he's donating to the Black Lives Matter movement. The fact that he is using his voice and his platform. That's cool for social change. Which yes, he didn't do during his career, which a lot of people um, lambast him for, and I get. Sure. But he's doing it now. So for me, he's he's more of a well-rounded guy than I believed he was before. Yeah, no, no. I, I, like I said, I great think choice, he's, he's Flex. It was a great choice. <laughs> no, I'm, Listen, I'm, not I'm gonna going get defensive anytime anyone hates anything I don't like. <laughs> this is how I work. Well, <laughs> I, I think that's that's all well and good. I actually really uh, thought for sure that you were going when you said goat. Like I saw, like I started feeling like excited because I really thought you were going to have a cardboard cutout of Alex Ovechkin right behind. <laughs> you. I was very surprised you did not, uh, you didn't go there. So, uh, all right, good pick, um, sort of. And, and no, no, it's a good pick. It's a really no, it is. It's a very, it's a very good pick. Uh, all right, with my third pick, uh, you know what? I, I, I'm sort of bound to do this. It's not, uh, it's not something I necessarily. 
even want to do, and it's not something that either of you would I would imagine appreciate at all. But my third pick is going to be my favorite baseball player of all time because it's it's personal for me, and my favorite baseball uh, player of all time is Dwayne Kuyper. Uh, I've written about this uh, many times. Dwayne is now one of the truly great broadcasters in in the game for the San Francisco Giants. And uh, if you uh, have the opportunity to just catch a Giants game, him and and Mike Krukow and and John Miller and and uh, Dave Fleming and it's that crew is just sensational. Just they're so good. Uh, but Dwayne uh, was the second baseman for Cleveland when I was growing up in Cleveland, and uh, he was the guy I wanted to be. And uh, and and he hit uh, one home run in his big league career, uh, which is which is quite famous. He also was one of the worst uh, has one of the worst stolen base percentages in the history of baseball, which is really cool. Like, I like, like 38% or something like, like he's like, like he tried to steal like 128 times and he's caught like 124 of them or something. It's not good for, for Dwayne. Uh, so he wasn't fast and he didn't hit with power. Uh, and he also didn't hit really for average and he didn't walk, but he, and he wasn't that great a defensive player. Uh, but he did dive a lot and and he was he played he played with with great heart and joy uh and i love him and and i will always love him and uh i think i don't know if you guys have heard this story but i i will tell it very quickly uh a few years ago he reached out to my wife uh to to because he had saw that i was a fan and not surprisingly there are not that many people who are writing about uh, Dwayne Kuyper's their favorite player of all time. Uh, there, there are others, uh, but, but the, not many. And um, he wrote to my wife saying that he wanted to give me something and he wanted it to be a surprise. So he, he found my, I don't even know how he found my wife's email, but he found my wife's email and he wrote to her and said, uh, hi, I, this is going to be a very weird email, but my name is Dwayne Kuyper. And, uh, and we had never met. I had never met Dwayne. Uh, I have something for Joe that I would like to give him, um, and I'm hoping you might be able to help me do this as like a surprise, uh, which was very, very sweet. But the the funniest and best part of the whole thing is my wife wrote back to him saying, and I quote, "Is this the real Dwayne Kuyper?" <laughs> so, so that that to me is 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 very special. And then he did. He sent me. I could actually. We are on uh, a video Zoom. You won't be seeing this, but we can see each other. Uh, I have a baseball bat uh, that he used, a real Dwayne Kuyper baseball bat that he sent me, which was Man. incredible. So what a great guy. So, yes, there is a Dwayne Kuyper in full swing for his one home run uh, right behind home plate at, at any game I'm at. So excellent picking, guys. You guys are you guys are naturals at this draft thing. You're naturals. Thank you. <laughs> I don't I don't sense you believe me but you are you you really are you are look usually we draft even dumber things and I know that doesn't seem possible but like we've drafted like utensils like that's like literally where we usually are on this thing and I won the utensils draft Marissa knows I've won the utensils draft don't don't tell Mike I said that but I did um <laughs> All right, we're we're almost uh, we're almost at the end here. Uh, uh, so it's time for one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. It's one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing. We talk about sports and we draft things we know, like how beaches are terrible. But 
places to go. No hot fruit for Michael, no Diet Coke for Joe. The podcast woe. It's one last woe. And that is uh, just something utterly meaningless. It could be anything you want, but it's something... Uh, meaningless and silly. And uh, Alexa, if you want, uh, why don't you start? Do you have a meaningless thing for us? I do have a meaningless thing for you. So I have a friend who's actually a friend of the show who is helping me scrape through, comb through my social media and delete any inappropriate tweets from back in the day. I can't imagine and you have any of those. they're not highly inappropriate. I didn't say anything crass. It's just stuff criticizing other sports leagues or <laughs> and, and in a time like this we need to examine whether, you know, we could potentially work for those sports leagues if, you know, our jobs aren't as secure as we thought they were. Anyway, I'm just being 100% safe sure. and having somebody help me come through my social media. So, because of that, he uncovered a tweet from 2007 to which I said, and I'll quote, can I give you a hot take? I don't love pizza. I like pizza. I don't turn it down if I'm hungry. But I'm not out here like, pizza. No. That's the tweet. That is, first of all, I'm going to be honest, I still feel that way. (laughs) And he did not delete that tweet. I hope he didn't delete that tweet. But it's 100% completely meaningless because everyone likes pizza and nobody agrees with my idea that pizza is one of the most overrated Don't foods. Don't say it. Don't oh. you dare. I think, I think that it's the least consistent food. It varies from country to country, state to state, city to city, neighborhood to neighborhood. Yeah. I think that there's so many things wrong with this food and the fact that it, it's probably like 50% of the population's favorite food. That means that we're depriving them of other things that are so delicious that they have to resort to literally cardboard and tomatoes with some cheese sprinkled on it. You don't mean that. I know I 100% you don't mean, mean that. that. I'm I sorry. Joe, I'm going to send you a picture that I have of Alexa with a giant ass pizza box that we got walking through the West Village because she wanted to get the pizza and she's leaning down to get a slice. So I'm going to send you that and you better make that the cover of this podcast. First of all, she's lying and I can prove it. Which one of us has a pizza necklace, huh, Danny? I, 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 not, I am not saying anything. We I went don't. there for Danny. She loves pizza, she wears jewelry pizza. Yeah. This girl is obsessed with, she loves Emo's pizza. Joe, you know that, that terrible it's gross. stuff. It's, yeah. that, that stuff's gross. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. This podcast is off the rails. Put it back on, Joe. Alexa, we're going to have a That being said, if you hand me a piece of pineapple pepperoni pizza, I won't turn it down. Wow. But it just in general, no, nah, I'm out on pizza. Wow, Alexa, you just, that, that took a nasty turn there because <laughs> like, like, look, I was so with you on the, uh, I'm down on pizza. Like I'm so with you. Like I don't agree with you. I'm not. I love pizza, but I love you standing out there. That's that's that is you. That that is the you I admire. You're out there. You're willing to stand up for what you believe in, and then you just literally followed that up by saying you would eat a pizza <laughs> with pineapple on it. What oh. is, what happened? Well, yeah, of course where, I would eat it with pineapple from? on it because if I don't like pizza anyway to start, you got to put some fruit on it to make it taste at least somewhat <laughs> what better. Is, what 
that happen? No, no. Well, maybe you don't like pizza because you have fruit on it. <laughs> because I have taste buds in my mouth. That's why. Wow. Wow. All right. I got to go. <laughs> I, I I I love that you're out there. This was appropriately meaningless. It's it's definitely going into the meaningless Hall of Fame, uh, especially when you turned uh, turned dark at the end with the pineapple and, and pepperoni on that. All right, Danny, do you have something equally meaningless? I just feel like that was a personal attack. <laughs> <laughs> it did feel. It did feel. Well, I I jumped in on the emails thing because I'm sorry. That hard to just, come back from that. That's just um, the way it is. Yeah, I talk to my pigeons outside my windows, and I just like really look forward to them being around. And I always notice if there's a new one. And I say, "Hey, new friend." <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, look. You know what? That was meaningless. That was that was meaningless. What do you say to your pigeons? Hey, good morning. How you doing? Or like, get off my window. Or like, quit being so loud. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't sound like sterling conversation with the pigeons. You what know, when so, you're locked in your apartment by yourself in April during a global pandemic, you well, do that's that's my point. Happens. I thought you would be like going out to the pigeons and be like, Have you saw did you see the new you know, have you have you binged Mad Men yet or something? Like something <laughs> like that would get the pigeons going, no? No. No. So you're it's really more angry. You more yell at pigeons is what you're saying. I just like try to say hi, but if they're annoying me, I obviously <laughs> put them in their place because they're all over the back of my apartment. And How often are they not annoying you? <laughs> Five percent of the time. Okay. All right. So so ninety five percent of the time you yell at pigeons is what you're basically saying. I yell at them, yeah. All right. All right. I mean You know what? That's super meaningless and, and I appreciate it and uh <laughs> And that's awesome. I'll give you something, my meaningless, my one last meaningless thing. I keep them now in my phone. Like I type in like any time meaningless things happen in my life, and which means like 50 times a day I update that because I, I nothing but meaningless things happen in my life. I had a moment last week where uh, I, I actually got to leave the house. I, I don't even know where I was going. But I, I left the house. I might have been going to, 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 to fill up the car or something. And I drove it, and I looked at the the yard across the street, and and overnight, the yard across the street suddenly had these gigantic mushrooms, like these huge, like 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 Willy Wonka sized mushrooms in their front yard, and I'm like, those weren't there yesterday, like those mushrooms. And I thought to myself, literally for more time than should have been, I thought to myself like. What would be an analogy for mushrooms popping up like 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 mushrooms? That's the analogy. I literally it just hit me like all of a sudden like, yeah, that's what mushrooms do. That's why people say they're popping up like mushrooms. That's the actual beginning of that phrase. So so, yeah, that was the completely meaningless thing that that happened to me uh, the other day. So there you go. I think we did that right. I, I believe we I don't think I did it right, but I appreciate it. No, you're you, you certainly did it right. You you, you talked it, to pigeons. Come on, that is well, look, and and yours was consistent throughout. Unlike <laughs> unlike Alexis, I'm not gonna lie. Alexis, like I say, it it went bad very late in the process. But guys, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you so much, Danny, Alexis. Well, first of all, let's let's say it again. The name of the podcast is. That's what she said with Danny. 
That's what she said with Danny. It's every, when does it usually pop out? It's every week. We got it on iTunes and Spotify. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter where we post clips and then we'll post links to the podcast so you can listen to the whole thing because social media, we just shared small snippets of our favorite parts. That's awesome. And do you guys know who your guest is next week? Do we have something exciting coming up or, or are you guys, it's a surprise? It's a surprise. You have to tune in. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Very exciting. You guys, it's been a blast. Those things are, it's been a blast. So, uh, Alexa, Danny, thank you so much for joining. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, thank you, Joe.